0: Crackin' Fancast, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans.
1: Release the Kraken! Seattle Kraken fans, hello and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host Chris Porter. I'm here with Jim Cockrell, along with Nathan Gunderson, and we've even got our crack producer here, crack, Kraken producer here. Uh, Jay Middleton is going to join us uh, on some Kraken hockey talk. Sadly, sort of the finale of the season. What an incredible season. It unfortunately had to end the other night. Game seven in Dallas. semifinals of the Western Conference. Could they do it? Could they get to the conference finals? And uh, it wasn't to be. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And also how I think all proud we are of, of this team and how This team really seems to be in a great position to uh, continue success. So the coming years are going to be exciting. But anyway, not to get too ahead of ourselves, Uh, we want to thank you for listening all season long. And uh, we've been having a wonderful time, second year that we've had this podcast. And um, we, we really appreciate the support and all the listenership of it. It's been a lot of fun. All of us have gone to a lot of games. All of us, I think, and including most of the pundits, uh, didn't have huge expectations for success this year. They were kind of underachieved last year. This year, uh, gee, they made the playoffs. This is awesome. Oh, my God, they made the second round, you know, and almost made the third round. So it's it's been really super special, to say the least. Um, so we'll just talk a little bit about this game. We only have only one game to talk about. It was uh, It was game seven in dallas uh started out as a defensive struggle we had uh, as we've been calling them uh playoff group showed up made a lot of stops and everything uh you know and for that first that first period scoreless uh group made some great stops uh then in the third period uh why young wyatt johnson coming up uh with another goal um all, all the York strand Getting one just in the final minute or two of of the game uh, at 1841, but uh, too little too late. They made a nice little press there at the very end, but uh, could not tie it up. And that was the end of their season. Dallas Stars move on playing the Vegas Golden Knights. God, wouldn't that have been something, guys? Vegas and Seattle, the two most recent expansion teams playing each other. But not not to be this time, but Dallas and Vegas will be in the Western Conference finals. Meanwhile, in the Eastern Conference, it's Carolina and Florida. So uh two to one, our boys lose. Um Didn't feel, Jim, I'll start with you, it didn't. Felt Dallas was more in control, but we were really doing some good D and then just some lapses. They just kind of ran out of gas, it felt. Yeah, you know, I was watching the game solo. I didn't want to be at a pub around a bunch of
2: people. I just wanted to take it in and try to keep the stress levels low. And um, it, it, it had the feel of that game five, except no, you know, low scoring. The way they controlled it. Uh, you know, cause we only had the 23 shots or so uh, it, it just made the entries were not there. If they were, they were solo entries. Um, and then, you know, the opposite side of that Dallas, the way they'd come in was, was more composed and they would set up, but it was kind of frustrating that Dallas had all three zones handled. Well, um, we had our chances, not very much high danger stuff. Uh, we were saving it for the third, you know, cause first and second period were controlled by Dallas for the most part on the flow chart, but it it was tough. I didn't in the loss, I walked away. Okay. I, I, cause we were already way past what I thought we'd do. And we were playing with house money, as they say. And I was completely satisfied and proud of the boys. Um, it was just, man, there was a lot of energy in that Dallas building much like we have in our home throughout the playoffs. So, and there was a ton of respect to, uh, all over the, social media between the two teams the fan bases the coaches uh no ugliness like the colorado series so we walked away with a a nice dual respect after that which doesn't happen often in the playoffs actually
1: i'm glad you mentioned that because i wonder if that was just uh you know my experience or whatever because i was in touch with a couple of dallas stars fans and they're really hardcore but super cool about it but i noticed that i mean i watch i always watch you know the you know the the uh shake hands line at the end and saw the bet i mean there was a little chippiness with hints and you know maybe a couple of the other guys but just playoff hockey you're right right like just really good hockey a lot of respect uh, all around and uh you know not not there wasn't this angst that would be had we saw with the colorado series so uh impressed kind of kind of Makes me pull for Dallas a little bit. I don't know. I just want to see some good games. I kind of don't care, but uh, it was, it was, it was it was nice to see, um, you know, mm-hmm. nice to see, you know, also the, our youngster, we'll get to this about their future, but, you know, Ty Cartier and, you know, obviously Maddie and, you know, these young guys excelling along with some of our veterans throughout the series. I mean, so it was, it was something else. I was, yeah. I was, at a, I was at a bar downtown cause I was going to another event afterward and uh, it was a tap house grill downtown and uh, it was pretty packed. Um, and I know our, our friends Don and uh, trapper, who are seat mates, they along with, I don't know, I didn't quite get how many numbers of people, but it looked like a lot of people went to Climate Pledge Arena to watch the game and and cheer together. So uh, that that's that's nice to see. Uh, Nathan and Jay, Nathan, why' you get what you know what was your experience and watching the game and what, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah. Watched it at home. It was a, it was a decent game. Like Jim said that there was a lot of, you know, one, one person with the puck, you know, no, no help whatsoever. That was a little frustrating. That's kind of the way it was most of the game, but Grubauer was solid. Everybody did what they could. It was a fun series to watch, you know, game seven, what more can you really ask for? Um, You know, when everybody said that we weren't going to get that far, well, you know, we did now down to four teams i have no idea where this is going but the dallas fans you know social media i was on facebook and a couple other forums and i was kind of commenting with some of the fans and they were saying how respectful they thought that we were especially with the things that had gone on in dallas and uh everybody wearing the stickers on their helmets they thought that was pretty classy and it was it was good just camaraderie between you know the two teams and the fans so i'm impressed with Dallas and how they how they played and presented themselves and i wish them luck i do but i'm probably going to root for uh, Vegas for the rest of this one myself that's just me yeah i understand uh, Jay, you don't get to chime in. You have to
1: hear us. I'll say our pundancy, so to speak. Uh, what, what were your thoughts here? Uh, you know, well, here, tell us. You know, I'm,
0: I'm bummed I didn't get to go to any of the actual games in this series um, due to scheduling and such like that. But this, you know, the Dallas series, it felt like we had more home wins than we had road wins. And that was kind of the cool thing about it was like, oh. We couldn't win at home, you know, most of the season. So now it feels kind of good to see that. But um, I was—I've been kind of messing around with my my juju of uh, of not watching the first period and just seeing what happens. Like uh, this series, I didn't watch the first period of every game, basically, because if I did, we would lose that game. So. I was I was in the studio pretty much all day Saturday when the Saturday home game happened and uh, or Game Six happened and I would have my the vocalist in my band just reach out and be like Hey we're up one zero Hey we're up two one or something like that and then by the time I got home I got to finish it so I'm like thinking if I keep doing this maybe we'll win this entire thing so Game Seven didn't work out to our favor though but you know, like Jim said, you can't, you can't be, you can only be proud of what we've done, especially like we're in our second year. It's only going up from here, you know, and that's, we got a really good pool of young talent. Um, This year was just incredible. So, I mean, you had a 40 point difference going into this year. um, That says a lot, you know, and I'm just, Thank God I don't have to get a fucking Hackstall tattoo this year. So
1: (laughs) there you go. That was close. Yeah. There you go. For anybody that was thinking, oh, this Hackstall guy isn't isn't the coach of the future. He's not going anywhere, folks. I mean, hey, we've we've talked about this. I mean, I think it's probably a number of things, just getting more chemistry between, you know, some of the veterans. think, you know, adding Lowry as an assistant coach. I mean, obviously, they as a whole team, the whole coaching staff. Made some adjustments, and I think between that and 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 the young players and and some of the you know free agents, I, it stunk that we didn't have Burakovsky back. I, you know I, that's one of those what ifs. I'm wondering if he could have been in there, could have could have made a little difference here and there. But um, uh, anyway, there's always every team deals with injuries, and uh, you know, Kraken weren't immune to that either. But it was uh, it was so nice to see the this the city really embrace it you know i'm seeing all the newscasts you know at you know before and after the game i'm seeing these little signs i think i mentioned in an earlier episode these said let's go cracking signs and so many businesses all over the place and and this is you know a lot of people are still on a learning curve around here on hockey and they're so into it uh so and you know uh Jim, you know, you and I, you know, we, now we're going back to our conversations last year. But it was God, we were looking, waiting so many years for this, and you know, people telling us, "Oh, that's not going to be a hockey town. Hockey wouldn't work," you know. And of course, you know, and I hate to be, you know, no, I don't hate to be. I told you so. <laughs> I love it, but it's, uh, but now they really are. I mean, Eb said that we, you know, we made it a hockey town, and they did, and uh, and and it's, um, yeah, and I think you're right, Jay. I think, I mean. It, it, going back to the same point is very difficult every year. So you can't bank on anything, you know, fully. I mean, they got to play the games, but it bodes well with the core they've got and then getting, you know, having some of these youngsters play, uh, we'll probably bring, bring, bringing some more up. I mean, Coachella Valley, we got to mention too, Coachella Valley, Firebirds and the AHL, they're still in the playoffs folks. They're, uh, they're over Cal, over the Calgary Wranglers right now, two games to one in a best of five series. And uh, actually, Ty Cartier and I know uh, was anybody else? It was just Ty that's Jim that's going back down?
2: Yeah, he, he's one from the Kraken roster that's heading back down. And then you know, um, Froden is on waivers. They put him on waivers so he can clear here shortly. But all the junior players that have been drafted and signed contracts in the last year's time actually are all up right now. Um, not necessarily playing. Ty has not played a minute, but uh, um, Ty Nelson, that is Right. everybody's there. Uh, for instance, Melanson was on a line with Shane Wright on the fourth line last night, not getting many minutes, but they're there. So they might get worked into the roster. Uh, might not. And remember, these guys played a triple overtime last night and Riker Evans got the game winner. Um, so there could be some tire legs. They might fish them in, fish some of these guys in left and right. You never know, but at the same time, they don't want to blow up any chemistry that's happening right now, but they can be upstairs watching the game and, and learning the system even more. That's really neat to see, you know, Furcus, Goyette, uh, Logan Morrison, uh, right. And uh, the guys that are already vets, Cole Lind is ripping it up. Alex True's is doing well. Uh, they're just, they're gelling right now. It's, they're getting better as,
1: as the playoffs go on. Yeah, no, and, and interestingly, they could end up playing uh, the Dallas Star if they get past Calgary. They might be playing the Texas Stars or the Dallas Stars AHL affiliate. They're in a one-one tie with the Milwaukee Admirals right now. But uh Coachella, hey, keep keep an eye on that, folks. Keep keep an eye on those. Some there's definitely some future cracking on that team. Um, so great to see that. Um you know, obviously, there's going to be a lot of news coming up in the in the coming weeks. As far as you know, we've got some, you know, free agent guys, some restricted free agents, unrestricted. Who's going to come back? Uh, Any of you guys, you got any thoughts on what we're going to see over the summer? Um,
2: I was looking at the list again. I was on cap friendly because I do that often, uh, and you know, the RFA's are strong and geeky. We know that. Um, I. UFA's Donato Froden, but he's wavered right now. John Hayden, which is an interesting story because he's injured with that surgery. But he's also the kind of guy you want to have around Coachella, full-time farmhand, and get the call up to the Kraken for when you need that physical presence in an ugly series that needs to be, you know, re-sparked and and just set a tone. So he'll be an interesting story. And then, of course, we're here at the, the magic marker time for Jonas Donskoy. Uh, and, and that's a big deal. Cause that's, that's, there's some money in that contract. that's going to be freed up. Um, Alex true's a UFA. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? He could be just gone. Um, and then Carson Susi's the big name on the D and I can see him leaving. Um, the, somebody project, I think I heard 17 and a half million on the cap presently as if, as expired contracts happen, which is a nice chunk. But here's something that's going to happen um Vince Dunn is going to sign a big contract. It's going to be long term. He's probably going to sign an eight year seven year, eight year long term and it's it could be upwards of eight million a year. He would be the highest paid player on the Kraken um that's the market value, you know six and a half to eight for that where he is in his career, his age, and what he's doing. but then again towards the end of next year, you're going to have to be looking at signing Maddie and you know what Maddie's going to sign for. And, you know, I, I trust in Ronnie's and his brothers uh, or Ronnie and uh, the others GM, the assistant GM's work in finance and budget. Um, I, I think they can get those guys done. And I also believe with, Letting contract expire and using the system, the farm system on the bottom six, what have you, and in the decor. I believe you can even sign another player, uh, i.e., centerman, drawman, specialist. You know, somewhere in that four, five, five mil range, a specialist centerman, whether he ends up on the third line, second line, whatever but I think a big key of that is working a deal somehow uh, in a Wenberg situation. So that's, that's my take on all of that. I think, I think you can, you know, and somebody did a poll on Twitter about, you know, here, here's where we finished this year, almost to the, you know, semi or the, the Western conference finals. Are we going to be better? Or are we going to be the same next year? I was honest with myself since we outperformed ourselves this year. I said, I don't think so. Only because, uh, like I, I said, we don't be better. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's just too hard to get to that four level. And yeah. we all know. And even if we get some players, like I'm speaking, you know, pick up one extra outside FA in that range, get these contracts settled, work with the system that we have below us at at the farm. I I don't know. I, I just kind of see us even or even a little below. I don't know, it doesn't matter. I would still be happy. But uh, that's what I'm looking at on as far as contracts and
3: and where we're at. What are we what are we going to do in the net with Jones? I mean what are we what are we looking at, you think?
2: Well, Jones is gone. He's going to be gone. Um there's no question about it. He's in the point of his career where he's going to get picked up by a team left and right, you know, status whatever. Um there's no reason Drieger can't be what Drieger was to begin with, and that's the backup Tendy. And let's just say Grubauer's finally settled in, continues next year, and then you've got Drieger. So we're good to go. And then Joey's been playing magnificent down on the farm. Um, and his call-ups this year at the pro level caught our attention with some wins. Yeah, I
1: know this will be better, yeah.
2: Yeah, and you know me, I was the one saying early and it still could be easily, you know, perennial farmhand, whatever. So I'm not really worried in that department. Plus we've got our youngsters. We've signed two goalies now uh, that we've had under uh, that we drafted that are young. So we're, you know, we're grooming them, whether it's in Europe or here. So that's nothing's going to change in that department radically in my opinion.
3: Okay. Well, something that, you know, I, I haven't looked that far ahead, uh, like you guys have, as far as you know who's going to stay, who's going to go. I don't, I don't know if I want to see Susie leave yet. You know, he's he's been up, he's been down, but it's when you when you just started this team, you kind of get attached to people. You know, not saying that I'm super attached to him, but there are names that stand out for me that probably could go as well i'm not going to name them just yet but it's kind of hard to let people go when, they, when they're when the team is so new but that's business that's the way it is some people don't mesh well some people are not performing i get that some people are dead weight some people just cost too much whatever the case may be but hopefully not too many, too many dramatic moves are made i don't feel that we need to change a whole heck of a lot from this season i yeah, guess we'll see Yeah, they're not going to reinvent the wheel i mean I'll, I'll name one that i i'll be surprised
1: if he's back although maybe well i mean a lot of things can happen so we don't really know but i'm just having some expectations that ryan donato is probably gone i love donato
0: he's yeah. been one
1: of my top five favorite players just as the guy he is as the top five guy on the team no but i mean he's usually been very solid I just love his attitude and and his background to you know being a former Bruin and his dad and all that that probably plays into my my mind and he's an original Kraken and he would score you know first goal and you know just all, all these things about him and I'm like well you know you can't get too married to it I think you, though Nathan I don't think they're going to reinvent I think we're going to still see the core you know Ebs and Gord and McCann and you Know a number of other guys, uh, you know, obviously Dunn, and I mean, we're going to see a lot of familiar faces moving forward for the next year or two, or even three. But, um, Susie was weird this year. I, I was really kind of digging, you know, digging his play last year, and it was really, uh, you know, meh, uh, you know, for most of this year. He looked actually a little better in the playoffs or a little toward the end of the season, but I don't know. I'm skeptical we'll see him, but you know, you know yeah. Other things. I I was skeptical that they were gonna resign Geeky and you know some other things. So I mean it, you know, it happens. So Susie's
2: an interesting story. Uh when you go over it. Like like you said, Chris, last year his trade value was pretty good, and people clubs were interested in him, and the rumor mills were out there, remember? Mm-hmm. Um this year he started out really slow and the sub- most surprising thing about him towards the end of the year is his plus minus was one of the highest on the team, which was really surprising. So, I mean, he, he's good in front of the net, clean and house and, 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 you know, all business. He, he's got a reputation of taking stupid timely penalties. We know that. Uh, we've seen him late in games uh, that have changed games. Uh, that's probably a lot of what kind of got little people aggravated with him, but he's still got some trade value. And, but it's, you know, he's, they're just going to expire on him anyway, probably. Uh, but yeah, it, I was surprised to see his plus minus. Another thing I was looking up today, uh, through the playoffs besides Susie on plus minus, um, Karche was our number one forward in plus six. Uh, and you know, he was logging at a little over 12 minutes a game and he had six points and he was a plus six. What do you want out of a guy that came up, well, AHL rookie of the year, um, and got popped on the first line, although 12 minutes, he was moving around here and there, but impressive, totally impressive.
0: Well, do you want to play a would you rather? Because I got sure. catfriendly.com right now. So let me ask you, would you rather Vince Dunn is due for yes. you know an extension here? So but you gotta think about it like would you rather Vince Dunn or Carson Susie?
2: Oh, Dunn Of course.
0: That's hands down. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. How about this? Carson Sissier, William Borgen, who's going to be a restricted free agent. Coming
2: okay, up so th- there's a lot of love-hate with Borgen. Personally, mm-hmm. I like the guy, and I've always liked him, and here's why. He will always be a third-pairing D. So look at any third-pairing D in the entire league, and they're like that. They're guys that fans like them, but they, they make some blunders here and there and what have you. That's why they're a third deep, but he's the toughest guy on the team. Hands down. Yeah. Nobody can drop the gloves and go more psycho in a second than that guy. And you gotta have that, right? You gotta have that. Um, and he's hard to play against. Yes. He makes a blunder here and there, but his value, you you could sign him for a reasonable deal, no matter what, because yeah. I don't think anybody else is going to pay big, you know, not big money, but even average money for him. So, yeah, I, so he's yeah. one of the guys I like to stay. Okay, yeah. so
0: so you would choose Bor- Borgie over, over Susie then? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, at this point uh,
2: then, of car- at this point of careers, yes. Okay.
0: So then, other fr- another free agent that's popping up, and de- we're just talking defensemen right now.
2: Sure.
0: Uh, so Borgin or flurry flurry kale flurry that
2: we're talking yeah, about yeah. flurry has been an observer on deck almost all year he's he can go he mm-hmm. you know because they signed i you know that two-year signing of uh magna kind of surprised me because you're yeah. kind of locked into that and he, him and him and um flurry been sitting up top all season i get it they were backup reserve for injury type situations heading in. They can both, flurry can easily walk. It's it's no big deal because we can backfill. Just remember, you know, Riker Evans is making the club next year. He's totally. A puck. He's ma- He's a puck moving D. He's like a done but not as physical. He's a great skater, uh, smart player, CZI super well. He would be a PP2 uh, right. type of guy. He, I think he's making the club next year. That frees up a lot of the questions that are happening right now in in this debate here. So, yeah. Okay. So let's go to forwards then. Now okay. the ones that I'm looking at right now,
0: would you rather resign sign Morgan geeky or Ryan Donato?
2: Okay. Well, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> All right. So look, I'm like Chris, I love Donato and maybe it's the whole Boston thing. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I did a comparison of the two players today on, um, uh, on uh, on hockeyreference.com. They have, they have that comparison bar mm-hmm. and the numbers are better on Donato, obviously, but he's not as good defensively. So th- th- that's what the, the GMs are looking at and everything and the coaches. Right. I, you, you know, my history with geeky it's, yeah. it, can be, it can be comical. Um, it's been one-on-one together on Twitter. Uh, I like the guy. I think he's funny. He's dry humor. This is why he's so well-liked. It's not so much his play on the ice. It's his
1: it's his off-ice persona, correct? A lot of it? Um, yeah. He's Some our best. fans who don't know all the minutia of hockey, I 100% say, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, he's probably right now the best draw man on the team, but he's still under 50% at 48.5. So I, I don't – if somebody wants to come back with me on that, like, yeah, well, he's our best draw man. sorry, that's not going to be the determining factor for me because he's <laughs> under 50%. Um, we all know he has an incredible shot when he has time. Um, he's so li- few,
1: it's so rarely we see that.
2: Right. And, you know, his defensive play has totally improved for sure. Um, I always kind of laughed when they had him on the PP because I thought he's not a power play guy. He doesn't have the wheels. He's, he's not a, he's not a, uh, a bumper guy. He's not a wall guy. I was always like, what is he doing on the PP? It wasn't much, but it happened. Um, at 1.4, 85% raise over his last contract. He did, His numbers aren't anything to write home, in my opinion. I think the Ron Francis geeky experiment is done. It started up in Carolina, and I think it's expired in my mind. Um, I like, like the guy, but you know what? We'll easily backfilled in my mind. However you do it in the system, easily backfilled. Okay. So...
1: Oh, so so the the Donato. so you, so so is it Donato oh, oh, or, or Geeky? Me.
2: Oh, I I, okay.
1: I would go ahead and get him.
2: pardon me, I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm sorry, but that isn't a one or the other for me. It's one goes back to market, uh, and then the other one goes goes to market. They're probably okay. both are gone.
1: But if you but I, okay per your per okay. your question, Jay, I would give the slight the Donato is has been. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but it just seems I don't have all the stats in front of me. But he seems to be like a streaky player. Like we'll see for a couple of weeks there. Man, he's getting a goal just about or a point every game, and then he just kind of goes silent. Granted, sometimes they they've you know they've got him a you know uh, healthy scratch. But um, I think just because I, I'd give him an edge over Geeky just because of the uh, experience factor of it, and and he has shown a little a little more. I agree. Okay. So,
0: yeah. so we're going from. Donato. Okay, so would you rather resign Ryan Donato
2: or Jesper Froden? Oh, Donato, Froden.
1: Froden's okay, so young he,
2: and coming up. But, here's the, the, one
1: the, one foot in the AHL and up here, yeah. kind of a bubble guy, and and, and there are other guys arguably that are coming up that might be more valuable than that. And I, 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 I think that, okay,
2: I think this
0: next one's going to be the biggest biggest splitter for everybody here. Um,
2: Ryan Donato. Or Daniel Sprong. And I knew that was coming. Um, oh boy, I don't like these one or the other things. Uh <laughs> probably <laughs> because in my mind they're all gonna be gone.
1: Um yeah, I'll say sprong, even though I'd say cr- sprong.
2: Okay. Sprong because of his sniping timely goals, correct? And yeah. he had 20. What did he have?
1: 20? And, and he's and he's relatively inexpensive, isn't he? How many goals did he have? 20. Oh, look two right or right some up, um, strong had, but he had, uh, well, 46 points. So 21 goals. Okay. So super timely. His
2: big knock was he's not a defensive player, uh, in the structure, uh, as a forward goes. So that was his weakness. Um, you know, the whole team's not going to be that way. Somebody's going to just the way they're built in the player structure, but, that was his thing even though the amount the you know 21 goals 22 goals it's impressive for his ice time remember he was on that graph absolutely remember that graph he was like in the top five like with pasta mcdavid and everything like when they broke down per 60 it was like what's insane but then him and uh donato are so similar when it comes to their streakiness like um you know what they'd set them for a couple games and then they come back. You could see the effort when they came back. Like, I, I want this job. I want this job. Like, especially in Donato, his work on the boards for a smaller player, the hustle in the corners behind the net and everything. It was like, you could see, he's like, all right, I want this position back. Yeah. So it, The question is between those two, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, boy, well, this is tough, man. All <laughs> right. I'll do it. I'll do it for Sprong, merely for big goals and everything, but I don't think he's going to be here either. Basically, what I'm saying is all three of those guys I don't think are going to be here.
0: Well, we would think Sprong would be the only one sticking around with a stick in the air and celebrating those goals, right? (laughs) 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 Indeed. Uh, So then we got two in the injury reserve we got to talk about here. Uh, We got Jonas Donskoy or Jonas Donskoy uh, and John Hayden.
2: Well, Donskoy um, obviously is at the end of his contract. And yep. you know what? The, this is how good of a organization we have. This has happened with other clubs. Uh, you know, the Bruins did it with Mark Savard, you know, when a player suffers a serious injury. That's, you know, not disclosed, but we know it's uh, ultimately a, a head injury a concussion type thing that, you know, they kept him on the roster um, and just, they he's going to go through the time, no matter what. And uh, he'll finish his time. You know what? Maybe, maybe he, he retires and maybe he gets a job here with the organization. I don't know if his career is going to continue or what, but it, I don't know it, from what it sounds like. It doesn't look great in that sense. So, um, you know, Don Squay would be at the end of his contract. And then uh, who are we talking? Who's the comparison again? I can't remember. John or John oh, Hayden. These these Hayden,
0: are both just guys listen, in the injury reserve.
2: I don't care if Hayden stays in the a everybody needs that in the system. I love that yeah. guy. He is He's fun to watch, too, because it's not like he's fast or anything, but he is smart. He's a smart player, and he's he's a power forward. He's a little sluggish, but, man, when it comes to business, his elbows are high, and he gets away with it, and he can drop them with anybody in the league, and he scores goals. It's kind of cool, kind of a nice combo, but up and down between the A, whatever, but he could be gone, too. But I like him a lot. So how long is Winberg tied up? What's his contract? We back? got another. So, he's got an. He's got another one to go. So his. his he would have to. Be he's up
0: net. He's up after next year.
2: Yeah. So he would have to be if he's going to hang. He would have to be a deal. Maybe a trade. Um. Yeah. And i have You know. I've. Spe- I've said this all along myself. I may. I may be totally off. But I think he's movable for for picks. I think you got to free up space for Shane, whether it's line two or line three, maybe three put Gord up two. I don't know, or go get an FA in the off season here. Like I was talking about a draw man, top six or something. Um, But I, all along, I've thought he'd be a great move for picks.
0: So he's going to be an interesting one because it looks like he, incl- he's got a modified no trade clause that right. includes a 10 team, no trade list. Right. So you kind of have to, you have got to throw I mean, that benefit in. that benefits him more it's than anything Oven's. else. Yeah, it's bonus you know? city. It is. So it's, it's buyout but, time. I mean, you got he's got one year left after this year. Uh so this is actually I I thought for some reason he was he was gonna be in a restricted free agent after this year, but it's next it's after next right. year. Yeah, um, which I'd I see him sticking around be because he's awesome. been, he's been right. awesome.
2: Yeah. He it, right away. He made people expendable. And then Jordan everly has got one
0: more year on his deal right now, but do we look at it, you know, extending yep. him?
2: Mm, I'm betting. No, as much as his family loves it and everything here and what's going on. And, you know, he's a big name player and the way he played in the playoffs with Gord is captainship stuff. Um, I can see that contract. You know, at the end, some type of deal going on. Do you think he would take less to stay? Uh, What's he pulling down right now? So right now
0: he's at five point five mil a year. Um,
2: age age again. He's thirty three. He would take less, obviously, and short,
1: like two year type stuff. I mean, especially if the team. I think that the, the wild card in that is, you know, how well the team's doing. If this is a team that's, you know, making conference finals, he's Right. Exactly. Winning uh, and, and having a good time, then he may, you know, be flexible and because his leadership is, is pretty valuable on there and he plays solid, you know, Oh man, his, his playoff performance, him and Gord was tops. Oh yeah. I mean So I got a
2: question for everybody here. Nathan might fanboy over this
0: one here, but here we go. Gold Knights have hit the Western Conference finals, you know, last what four out of five years, right? Yeah. Is this a coaching aspect or is it a leadership aspect? Like, I really want to know what you guys think on this because I heard this stat on another podcast I listen to on a daily basis. And it kind of blew my mind because I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute, they've been in the league for that long now. And then also they've actually hit that many, especially for an expansion team. You know, I'm not expecting us to be like an instant winner, you know, kind of thing, because you know how many times we've seen guys or new teams that, you know, blow up at the beginning, but then they don't sustain. And it looks like we want to build for a long-term success. So where's the difference in that? Because it seems like the Golden Knights have had some long-term success if they've gone to the Western Conference Finals
1: four out of five years. With Different coaches, though.
3: They've had different three coaches. or four different coaches since they have started.
1: There's been an ironic lack of consistency on that and with all these coaches. So it's been really an anomaly.
0: that's weird too it's like yep you know you have a lot of differences in coaches but you still have them going to like you know reaching that pinnacle basically
2: time out hear me out okay pete (laughs) sorry to interrupt but pete DeBoer, your dallas coach Mm -hmm. you know is an incredible coach really when you look at his history all the way through amateur through up our his whole route he was the coach of Vegas when they did not make the playoffs on that one year. He was also the coach that got him to the third round twice. Okay. So gets out of the, doesn't make the playoffs gets canned coming right back with Dallas to play them the following year. So Chris, you're right. The impatience of coaching which is insane. I mean, um, you know, they had, uh, Oki Maritime there for a bit. <laughs> yeah. <Jerry>
1: Gallant, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's, by the way, that's that's a nickname we gave Jared Gerald Gallant was Oki Maritime. I think Chris and me are the only ones that know the inside joke on that one, by the way. I'd love it to go national though.
1: Um but yeah, but Gallant, you know, he he brought them there first success, yes. right off the right off the starting block.
2: Yeah, so it's crazy. And of course, now they have our Bruins coach. So What is it? And their, their player personnel is all over the place as well. And the, their goaltenders they use in a year is four or five. So there's no, and you're right when they, their, their whole philosophy was we want to go right now, boom. And they have, but with such a weird combo, us, we are the slow build and all of a sudden kind of accidentally, we were very successful this year. So yeah, it's just bizarre.
3: There's no rhyme or reason to that organization whatsoever. There it hasn't seems been. like
0: it seems like we're building like the spaghetti western here in West over here in Seattle and they've put out that summer blockbuster like from day one
1: right correct well we're just a low build I mean I, you know looking back at I'm thinking of some old expansion teams I was trying to think of you know as I think we all know you know traditionally expansion teams have been very you know poor in the first one year first two years to dozen years some some never got good and they ended up moving somewhere so but i think back jim i'm going way back in hockey history here but i remember the new york islanders when they first started they were really horrible i don't have all this stuff but i feel like they were really horrible the first couple of years and then but they had and they had like ed westfall they had you know that's some some you know good uh veterans but it was really this young team and it just sort of built and built and built and then they just and then they were quite good for quite a while they had a great coach al arbor and all and uh i don't want to say dave haxtell's and al arbor but hey maybe i'm right maybe he is but you know but the point is though there was this this young thing it was it was a nice methodical build and they 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 just had such a great history for a long time after that and i see kraken a little that way. You want your Ebbs and Gords and Schwartz's and and some of these guys, but I'm excited kind of per what we were saying earlier, how you know, these young players that we've got. I mean Maddie Beneer is right off the bat, he's likely called her, you know, rookie of the year. And these other guys that we're talking about. And then the other guys that were just coming out of juniors. Holy crap. That kind of reminds me a little of that Islanders team, Jim.
2: You might be right. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh the trotches, the Tonelli's, all that stuff. Oh, um, yeah, it was just M- Moro. Um, yeah, man, that, that club, they were something else, but going back, it, Vegas made it known we're going right, right away. They, they basically said we want to build, we want to success. And then ours was the opposite of that known up front. That's what we're going to do, but it's kind of weird how it's working out. And, you know, when I look at Vegas's roster too, it, it seems like of the rosters of the past seemed stronger to me than this one, but this one is so unpredictable that it can just do damage. Like Marshall. So is just like, that guy steps his
1: game up, his level up. Like he got that Hattie the other night. Um, well, I don't know then, what the difference of styles of Cassidy to DeBoer is necessarily, but I mean, we've seen this. I mean, there's, there's a lot of coaching changes, it seems like more than any other sport I may be wrong but just sometimes like a team's doing okay and then oh we've changed the coach and sometimes it's it's spot on the right thing to do and Cassidy's brought something to that team so I think there is some coaching oh yeah that's getting them to a little level something with DeBoer just wasn't working for whatever reason although I agree with you Jim DeBoer has a wonderful uh career and what a great storyline is his new team playing his old team. But they I want to go back to something, Jimmy, you've said numerous times. And when we thought about when we talked to, you know, last year when Vegas uh, came into the league, just like, you know, Kraken did last year. And I didn't look at this team and nor did you or anybody. Oh, this is going to be a great team. Seemed like just your typical. I mean, a a, a patchwork team, not as better, certainly than past expansion teams. But let's see this team going to the finals. No, you know, I, going back to their first year, you know, but, you know, and even never, you know, I mean, they've got some great players, but I'm still scratching my head. I can't believe I I'm shocked. Edmonton's not in the finals of the Western conference right now.
2: I agree. Uh, you know, on the Vegas and the first year thing, I, I was there 10 days after I was there for the Bruins game. That first season that was 10 days after the shooting down there. And I felt it. I felt every bit of that horrible event down there when i was there and i know for a fact you know not many people talk about it but the community and the players latched onto that and i think that had so much to do with their success about just for the people um but it's kind of carried on no matter what
1: you're right but yeah but you know kraken seemed to be going a different route yes and one that that um well i I've been sort of in Ron Francis. I like trust, you know, in first year. Yeah. Okay, but you know, first years are a little weird. But that now, I everything that I now I'm like, okay, this all made sense this year. And granted, so much of the playoffs when a te- it's about when a team gets hot. How many times have we seen six, seventh, eighth seed teams excel way more than you expect? So there, there is that element here as well. But uh, they, they really gelled. You you get as far as your goalie can take your Grubauer. I've been like ah, this is the guy that they paid a lot of money for. Here he is. Yeah, he did look better in the regular season this year than last year, and it would look good. But I, you know, I I've been feeling for so much of this se- season like we've got two really good backup goalies. That's what both of these guys felt to me. And but but no, but toward the very end of the season and in the playoffs, holy crap, Grubauer, tip my hat, man, that was. That that saved them because they could have been gotten bounced earlier. They they might not have won as many games if he hadn't played that well. So there's a little of that issue too. Um, so hopefully he's got his con, con you know his confidence his mojo back. Obviously he showed it the last couple of months. So great and it, you know again another thing that bodes well move, moving forward. Um, what else, guys? What else to wrap up here? You know um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said you know. I heard a few. I think we all said you know somewhere along the line. So Dave, that Hackstall, was the theme of this year. Tip yeah, our hat. The you know, we love you. You know,
3: you, you know, <laughs> for those
1: sheesh. that say, oh, we're making fun of. I mean, yeah, we kind of are, but it, it, it's in it's in good fun. And it is. It is. Hackstall has this very stoic personality. I especially yep. like when he does the Hackstall. Uh, Superman pose. Pose. Yeah, like the the stand. Yeah, yeah. Love mm. that shit, mm, listen, mm, and and meme city, super yeah. Canada, <laughs> yeah. super Canada, what the hell, <laughs> super Canada, yeah, yeah, you know, and, oh, that's good, you know, and he's just you know, but he he's he's got this sort of you know, he's a stoic sort of character who has these little thing nuances, and we. We like to enhance that and have fun with it, but we, of course, I have a ton of respect for him, and I think yeah. also for the whole coaching staff, Larry Leach, all, yes. all those guys. You know, they got a new goalie coach in this year, you know, all of them did well to prepare this team. So,
2: yep, and you know what? Let's um, let's old check Ricky Olchak, the assistant GM, he needs some credit too because yes. yeah, he's a quiet guy, he is doing some work back there for sure. And I don't think he gets enough credit because they never talk about him. He's really quiet. There's the a court. lot of bullet checks there. Well, yeah, was there a, were, yeah, there we were three, three at one time uh, right everywhere. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but um, the whole organization, like I was talking to a guy at work today about who's a big Mariners guy, and we were taught we were totally building off the root sports thing. And you know, there's a love-hate thing with root, like the whole cable thing and everything. But I gotta tell you, when I watch other other 31 teams on my nhl packages on tv they look hokey compared yeah. to like almost saturday night live skittish shit compared to our production and i, I gotta give it to a man and and i know they have a lot of people working for them compared to most and i know no matter what they're tied to the team and i know no matter what my seat cost is part of that i get it But I'm telling you, man, it it is a nice production all the way around, Up, up and down the whole damn thing.
0: You know, one thing I will say is that when I was listening to the ESPN broadcast of the Stars Kraken series, they actually got excited when we were doing things, you know what I mean? Like that was the one big takeaway I took from this playoff series was that during the regular season, if it was an ESPN Plus game, Hulu game, whatever game it was that was not Root Sports, they we were the redheaded stepchild. They right. could care less about what we were doing. Then you got into the playoffs, and then when ESPN was doing their games or TNT was doing their games um what there was another wasn't there like three different broadcast networks doing games yeah, like tbs was another PNT, one TNT, yep. espn uh they yeah all of them actually gave respect yeah. and gave proper props to players that did well and showed excitement to both teams equally instead of having a bias to it which felt really yeah. good <clears throat>
1: Well, sometimes, you know, in the national broadcast, yeah, there's the, a the tendency, and this is with any teams or in any sport, there's a tendency to get excited when there's a big star there.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Ron is there. Sidney Crosby's there. Uh, Aaron Judge, oh, wow, look what he did. You know, it's like these, you yep. know, man crushes these guys have on <laughs> some guys and all. and And we don't really have that big name. Uh, maybe Maddie will be that eventually, who knows, but, you know, we don't have that. And it's this new team and, oh, they're kind of mediocre and they were bad last year. Oh, they're better this year. Okay, fine. But then when you make the playoffs and then you, you beat the Stanley cup defending champs Colorado, you're right. Yeah. I, I noticed that. Oh, Hey, how about that? And this reminds me of something I meant to mention earlier. You know, I'm talking to people all over the country. I mean, some Bruins fans, uh, some, some, a guy I know, a musician friend was a big Nashville Predators fan and others are like, Hey, go Kraken!" Hey, you know, cause people love an underdog, don't they? Just human beings. Yeah. yeah. And it's a nice little story and they seem like a solid team. And who are these little upstart guys? Oh, wow. Hey, I'm rooting for your boys. I heard that from a lot of people. Yeah. And you know, you
2: were talking about, uh, the national broadcast, a before the game or maybe it was in between the period, um, Messier and Chelios were just totally giving Beniers the the good kudos, like, "Wow, this kid's going to be great," you know. So that was kind of cool to hear. I was a little upset with Boucher though. Brian Boucher was being kind of a douche throughout the playoffs, and, and uh, he's, you know,
0: see the one that started shit with Bowie.
2: No, that or was um, that's um, what's him called? That's that's Biz. Yeah, Uh, that's right, Biz. Biz, Yeah, but I mean, I expect that out of him. So that you know that all that shit with Biz doesn't bother me. No, no, no. It's funny.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. My complaint with some of those things and ESPN, I think, is the worst out of all. I, I I saw. I prefer the TNT broadcast team. Um, I think Kenny Albers. I agree. I agree. In any sport, and he does hockey really excellent. And with those handful of times, I don't know if it happened much this season, but you know, if Forslund would you know fill in or something, it's like works well with that but it's like how many ex hockey players do you need to screw in the light bulb i mean you know espn's just got these you know like yeah. five guys, all these guys you know uh it, it's it's a little it's a little overkill so um i think they have some of the bet tnt has some of the better ex nbc sports people on there so i tend to tend to like that also the espn problem that i have i think we've all talked about it, is espn plus so much of the season, I thought we were going to see a lot more regular season games on ESPN regular, you know, whatever. Right, me too. Two or any, any ESPN, anything, you know, on the regular, on TV, than, than on streaming and switching back and forth between them. I mean, I, I you know, I have, I'm spending the extra money a I've started to watch them, but also some bars don't bother getting that, I, you know. Right, yeah. I was saying to a story. I don't know if it's all of you guys, but I said this to Jim. I'm I'm at a, at a restaurant in in Massachusetts, and it's a Bruins game. It's you know, it a, a really important one. And all the staffs all in Bruins gear, and everybody's in Bruins gear, and everybody's sort of looking at the station like, "Where's the game?" And they're fussing around. They're fussing around. Oh, we oh. don't have that ESPN Plus. It was one of the rare ones where you couldn't get it on the local Nessen. It's called with yeah. their root sport. Uh. And, and once in a while that happened to us, right? We can't it wasn't on route. You couldn't, you couldn't, it wasn't on that. Yep. You had to have ESPN+. plus maybe like three or four games this year that happened to it. I'm like, this isn't good for a fan base. Either. No. You so game. this
0: happened. So this happened at a Buffalo Wild Wings not too uh, long ago. I think it was actually last year. The Mariners had a game that was on Apple TV or Facebook Live or some shit. Yeah. Now That's a whole other thing to talk about is like how leagues are getting into the streaming game to get more money out of that. Because now we're seeing the NFL is really embracing it. They have a a wild card game.
3: It's going to be exclusively on
0: Peacock. This is – it's going to happen. It's the Wild West right now with streaming and these leagues getting in as much money as they can, which – That's a benefit for the leagues, especially with like the NHL, which is one of the lower money making leagues compared to like the NFL or MLB, but it's still gonna be difficult because now you have your fan base getting aggravated on change and you have new things that bars have to get involved on figuring out how do they stream all this shit because you know certain bars have to get like boxes certain amount of boxes for whatever amount of tvs that they have in their facilities and such and then you have restaurant chains like buffalo wild wings that survive on sports and they have to figure out how they're going to stream it all right this is going to be a
3: giant clusterfuck (laughs) I, re- I remember what you were talking about with the Mariners. That was on YouTube. That's right. It was YouTube. And They did two
0: games on YouTube. They did one game on Facebook Live, and then they did another game on Apple TV Plus
3: yeah. last year. How many, how many games uh, – did we have a contract with ESPN Plus where there was like 10 games had to be on ESPN Plus or whatever? I hope it's not the same thing like it was last time because –
1: I don't, I don't want to get too much like, into it that. Like it was a lot, but there was a handful of times where, oh, you know, I, I had to rush, go home. I couldn't be at a restaurant or bar or whatever and watch it. I mean, I, I have an office over at Magnolia, the, you know, Magnolia Public, like where you can't show the game. You know, I don't think yeah. it happens. I don't know if it was 10, but it's one or two are too many.
3: Yeah. It's going to change
0: probably year by year, though. Like, next year, we're probably going to see a little bit more stream games, and then the next year, and then the next year, and then it's just going to be to where it's all on streaming.
1: Yeah, and and obviously, you know, all the all the bars and restaurants are going to have to adapt. Some are already, and yeah. it's getting a little bit, of, but I know when I want to, like, channel hop between ESPN Plus and, let's say, you know, there's another game or just something else I want to watch and I want to flip, it's like, oh, God, I got damn... Circle thingy and you know waiting yes. around for it to refresh, and then we'll all switch back to the game. And ah, crap! I missed a goal. What you know? I was only gone for two minutes, but you know, so
0: the delays are longer. Delays yeah, so long. like
1: thirty second minimum anyway. It's yep. yeah, because you
0: guys, you guys will message in our group chat like something really good, and I'm watching it at home on streaming, even on route on streaming, it's like delayed.
2: Well, remember, I've got my cheater goal light too. I know you do. And I, it's so funny because when everybody. that thing, when, when that thing goes off, I, and it, you know, Allison's like around the house somewhere and I'll always say I, it'll go off and I'll go, but who, like who scored? So I'm standing there going, oh, yeah, could it have be him? Or, head oh, head Sam, oh no.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Well, you could be around the house and doing something or go to the kitchen. You'll hear that and quickly run in and not miss the goal. And I'll the first thing I say, but who, oh, <laughs> who, yeah.
1: who got the goal? Oh, and we got to see a lot. You, your your horn was going off all heck of a lot more this year. So that was. It was. Yeah. yeah. The neighbors must have been, what's going on
2: there? Well, it's funny because like when I'd be at the games, let's say one of the higher scoring games, um, Allison would like text me going, what's the score? And I'd say, like, let's just say it was three to two or something. And she goes, this thing's going off like crazy. And I go, that's because the Bruins are playing right before him, so it's just overlapping. Because those are the yeah. only two. Those are the only two teams I have set up on it.
1: <laughs> so there was a lot of four thirty, seven o'clock stuff, you know. So it was like constant. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens in, in the coming year. I mean, um, ESPN. You know, we have to. Yeah. NBA is still number one with them, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, and so that's that's the thing. And obviously, the, you know, the overlap with you know NFL and everything. And I I hope I hope they can get it more, but I think you're right, Jay. It's probably more and more streaming. They're going to keep pushing the envelope on that way, and it's also going to just get down to to more money. But you know, hopefully, the bars and restaurants can adapt so people even once once pale people can't afford all these little extras can can watch these games. Um, yeah. Guys, it's been really, really fun this season. Uh, I think even more fun, you know, because well, we had a winning team, but we've just been more into this and all. So, I'm looking forward to Kraken FanCast season number three. Uh, I guess we'll we'll be in the two and a half though. Well, like, like we said, we'll pro- we'll be checking in. Uh, we'll take a little bit of a break. We'll check in around draft time. We'll draft preview and 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 see who we got after that, and also some free agent talk, no doubt. Yes, Jake. So- so before we go,
0: we each gotta say what what's the big uh best memory of this season?
2: Oh boy.
1: Go ahead, Chris. Gosh, there's a bunch. I I think though, and I unfortunately I had to because I had to be away, I had to miss a round one, but to be at a playoff game at Climate Pledge Arena, because I distinctly remember saying number of times but i'm thinking of the time next next to you jim i you know i, I and i've even said this on on this podcast i at last year i would say i i don't know if i've ever seen a more enthusiastic crowd for a losing team than i've seen here during seattle Kraken games imagine what it's going to be like when they make the playoffs and the team's really good <laughs> well we're probably two three years away from that maybe haha <laughs> and we got to see that and feel that and to the point that, oh gee, I maybe need some airplugs here. oh my God, this is like so loud. And I know I wasn't I was in games three and four um of this uh of this second round against Dallas. and I know anecdotally there were some others that were, you know probably game six was a little louder, but I mean there was there was just such rumbling and such elation out on the concourse, out of everywhere out out in the plaza, you know, what we'd see. You know, after other games of other teams, whether it was Bruins or you see something on TV up in Canada and people are all beside themselves over a, their team winning. And we've seen this in other sports. We've seen with the Seahawks. We've seen, you know, it's been a long time, but, you know, Mariners, whatever. I mean, we've seen it in town, but I don't know, it's a different, there's a different vibe, just or culture or whatever with, with hockey, with NHL. And it was just beautiful. I was like, wow, this was just just the electricity of that. So I have to, you know, I could, I could circle some other things here and there throughout the regular season, but I got to say, not just because it's fresh in my mind, it's really is Jay that they made the playoffs and I was there at two of those games. So, so grateful for that.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a playoff situation. Uh, That game three Everly overtime goal was pretty spectacular right in front of us. That was probably the most electric moment, single moment. Um, and then game six just here the other day was, you know, even though the score was blowing up or not blowing up, but it just, just a great game. Those two. But I, I, I remember just being a spectator um, throughout that 10 game winning streak and all that stuff going on. That was pretty good indicator, you know, like, Hey man, we got a team here. Uh, this is pretty cool. We were setting all kinds of records throughout the year, a ton of them. You know, goals in a period, fastest goals, fastest three goals, fastest four goals, all that
1: stuff. Yeah, road, so, road, uh, road, yeah. road, winning streak, right? Yeah. So,
2: so those things leading up were spectacular. But that game, that Everly overtime winner, just them pounding on the glass right in front of us, like, okay, that's what this is all about.
3: Yep. Yeah. I think for me, well, there was a couple, but the smiles on the players' faces, their heads a little higher gelling a little bit more playing more as a cohesive unit and then Grubauer the turnaround he had from last season to this season when everybody was starting to write him off even I was you know thinking oh god this is just brutal and then just complete turnaround the whole team really impressed me but Grubauer for me stands out a lot my hat's off to that German gentleman so much. And to see everybody just excited, winning, getting to the playoffs. My son got to see it. It was great. Loved it. How about you, Jay? So
0: besides watching Nathan fail to throw fish into a fucking truck in the middle of the <laughs> rink.
2: Um, wow. And we didn't see that. We were in the D. I know facility, that was the best but, part uh, of it. You guys were at the bar. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we saw a video of it
1: after the fact or something somebody showed. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so um, I'll be selfish here. I
0: would say it's seeing the playoff clinching game. Ooh, uh, good call. Not, not because I got to play in front of 18,000 people, but like the whole atmosphere of the arena being where – it was the first time I didn't get to sit in my dad's seats. It was – I was up in the spacing club the entire time. Or I was down in the the green room uh, below, like on the floor level, the ice level, and feeling the rumbling of just everybody. You know what I mean? And it was just and for wild.
1: It doesn't know what Jay's talking about. Jay's in the band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were in one of the bands that uh, play, actually, yeah. you know, at the end of the season, played. So, uh, say,
0: Yeah. So my band Avenue East played at the game against the Arizona coyotes where they clinched their first ever playoff berth. Uh, we were the house band for the night and, um, it was honest, top notch, uh, service from everybody at climate pledge arena. Kevin, who was the main go-to guy was awesome. Um, DJ side who put, put in the word for us. He's been playing our music all season and, um, he basically turned one of our songs into like the outro song of when people are leaving the game, which was an honor. Um, And so big shout out to him, uh, shout out to trunks and all the crew there. um, And Tim, all the guys that work up there, Benny bars, all all those guys that work in the music area um, and the entertainment division, basically of climate pledge arena for the cracking games. Those guys are all, just awesome dudes i snuck up there uh during the playoff game at the beginning of one of the colorado games to go give them gummy bears uh before one there i actually snuck into the elevator and one of the guys security guys was like um hey um you got to go that way i'm like no no no, no. i got i got some other the side oh okay and it just takes me up there and i sneak up into this press area And walking, walking by like everybody up there and everything like that, it was pretty cool to see from that level and everything. But, um, I have to say just that game, not for my own personal reasons of like playing it, but like just the atmosphere watching everybody just lose their minds and how much hope and just excitement there was for the team. You know what I mean? And, We've been ragging on hacksaw all year for the last two years straight. We've been unsure of where we're going, but we also, we love this team, the four of us and also the fan base, you know, and we want to see what the best for our team. I mean, we ultimately like want to win a cup. That's the end all be all goal, just like the players. But we also have realistic expectations to some degree as well, but also like when we were going into this game seven, we were all kind of feeling good. Like we were going to get it. And it almost felt like we were going to get it up until probably the second goal. Honestly, I felt like when the second goal happened, reality started kicking in, you right. know, but My highlight of the year was probably that game against the Coyotes where we just stomped the shit out of them and really made our presence known as a fan base that we are legit fans.
1: That was a a good one for me too. And it was nice because we were all, all four of us were there. Yeah. 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 It It was really cool
0: seeing you guys too. It was really cool seeing you guys up there.
1: That was a good
2: call because even though it was against the Coyotes, which are a weak club, it was a you're right it was a huge moment and it was like a totally underrated moment once it, you achieved it it wasn't like going into it they were talking it up like oh if we win this blah 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 I'm, we kind of knew but once it happens like hey shit we're in the playoffs that was a yeah. big that was huge
3: yeah yeah waking up that next day just thinking ah oh, you're feeling good walking a little taller you know yeah. i mean we're not players yeah. but we're fans well, you don't like, walk tall no, 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 I no. don't. No, not at all. Neither do you, Jim.
2: Uh, I know. I'm a little taller.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're like a quarter inch taller.
2: Well, you snapped right there, didn't you?
3: No, it's I okay. love it. Yeah. We appreciate all the fans, all the listeners, and we're really looking forward to next season. I know that for sure. And Hackstall, he answered our questions. That is, that is definitely true. You know.
1: You know. One other, you know, and you know, one other thing that's been, you know, a, a great memory too. Of at least this is more a podcast, but it's great we get some really good interviews. It was great to have Piper Shaw and Angelica Salem uh, with us earlier, and hopefully we'll get to do more of those. You know, um, we just got, you know, got got to do a little <clears throat> more with this, and uh, and uh, I'm I'm sure, you know, I'm already looking forward to next season uh, for for sure. Also, one other memory. Well, is, this is more of a memory of a friend of ours. But I also uh, would be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, big thanks to our sponsor throughout the year. Actually, both years the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in Greenwood, neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the cracking game. Catch it. The Angry Beaver. And a whole lot of people caught the games at the Angry Beaver and all these playoff games. You know, let, let's be honest. Timmy Pipes, our buddy who owns the Angry Beaver, he's gone through quite a roller coaster of success and dramas and success and dramas keeping that business alive and uh you know having this crack Kraken because th- he's opened up that bar many years before the crack Kraken before you know where we knew we were getting a team and uh and he's ha- gone through some hard times but it's been really really great to see his place packed and then such gravy you know during the playoffs and I didn't get to see it yet. I mean, I, I saw a little something online. I don't know if you guys saw it. There was an article about him in sports illustrated. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to get a copy. I don't see that in the newsstands or maybe it's just online, but that was awesome. I mean, he's got such press and so, so much love on his yeah. way and he deserves it. So anyway, the angry beaver stop, stop by and grab some food or beer or something yeah, yeah. during the off season because it's not so crowded <laughs> during the summer there. So I know he, you know he this is his christmas during during the hockey season
2: well he's got a month to go of good hockey so
1: yep yep he does So, big thanks to tim and uh and thanks to all of you for listening we'll be uh like i said we'll take a little break but uh, we'll be back in a few weeks because hey there's going to be all this lead up there's going to be free age things happening there's going to be drafting um it's going to be a little strange that we don't have one of the early drafts. we're going to wait for a bit but, uh, hey, that's what happens when you have a good team now. So uh, so that's it. All right. Well, thanks much for tuning in, folks. Keep in mind, if you haven't already joined us, please join us on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter. We're at Cast Kraken there. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're also on YouTube. We didn't do a whole lot on that, but we got some material there, and we're hoping to do more in the future. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and best of all, on our own website, seattlekrakenfancast.com. We also have a Patreon financial support platform. Also, huge thanks to all the people that have given us a few bucks for that. That keeps us uh, doing what we're doing. And uh, whether it's equipment or, you know, different subscriptions we need for our different services that we use, uh, we really, really appreciate those of you who have uh, supported us on patreon and if you really like our podcast and like to help us out a little bit we'd appreciate it you can find that at patreon.com slash fancast so for jim the for nathan for jay i'm chris porter thank you very much for tuning in it's been a hell of a season and as always we just gonna keep on saying go go crack you know